your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-75. I think I just said it right. I always do that. It's muscle memory. <laughs> you know the number. We'll get it in a minute. Uh, Dr. Anthony Chagoski, we should ca- just call you Giggles, I think. Maybe your nickname. <laughs> Does anyone give you a nickname like Giggles or anything like that? Uh, I was nicknamed A-Card in high school. Like Captain A-Card? Like Picard? Like no. A and then the word card. Because you got A's all the time or something? Maybe. I was I got a very short nickname Pukey in college and you would think immediately like it was but it was only because my friends were so funny go back to giggles here a little bit and we'd eat cereal all the time and they'd make me laugh and I'd spit cereal all, all the time because I'm laughing and you can't keep cereal in your mouth so like I got Pukey that was my nickname for a while so not the greatest nickname that, Now if you're a college student and your name nicknamed Pukey that's an unlikely way to earn that nickname Yeah people are going right to uh, right to uh, drinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, which was definitely exactly. not my forte in, in college. Not right away, anyway. Uh, all right, I'll give the number now. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you got any anything, like you just throw, you could throw whatever at us. Uh, Trigoski, he's he can handle, you know, pretty much whatever you want to throw at us politically. Uh, oftentimes on Fridays, we don't talk about uh, politics for a while, and I just want to bring this story first and foremost. Headline on wisdomnews.com, no bull, scientists potty train cows to use what they're calling the moo And essentially, the, you know, uh, we could talk about uh, the Green New Deal and cow farts if we want to, but there, there, is this, there is a case that the waste that all these cows give out is detrimental to the environment. Right. And if you can teach them to go in the mulu, you know, as opposed to when they're out, then then that would that would take uh, take away some of that environmental waste. So I think that's where they're going. Honestly, like probably got like three paragraphs in before I just said, "Yeah, this is funny. Let's put it up." And, and, uh, that's all I need to know. Cows, we're potty training cows now. That's what we're doing. So is it like a litter box? They haven't done. They haven't done it. Kind of. I don't. I don't know. Like, there's. I can't even it? like visualize it, and I'm not sure that I really want. Not to enough pictures, it. and we need video. Come on, uh, AP. I, what do you do? I don't know if I want video, Rick. <laughs> do I? Want I've them? seen my fair share. I've been enough barns where I've seen my fair share of cows using not the mulu. So, <laughs> um, I, I think I'm, I'm. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Although it is just kind of gross. I mean, so a good way to start a Friday, though. The mulu. Uh, you know, in our pre- our pregame, I, I, you know, I mentioned just that you know you are UWL professor, obviously, so you're going to have to tout your UWL rankings, right? You're the number one not Badger school in the state, <laughs> according to U.S. News World Report. I talked to Joe Gal the other day. He said UWL nationally is like ranked 91st in some, probably just like collegerankings.com like overall. or yeah, and and so you're pitted up against Notre Dame and right. all those schools. I don't know why I go to Notre Dame first, but uh, so and and if you go to this U.S. News and World Report ranking, you're number seven in in top public schools, which seems weird. Like top public schools, what does that mean? You're number seven, and uh, I think you just I think it's going to tell me to go get a subscription to U.S. News World Report. Oh, maybe not. Oh, regionally, so uh, number seven in the region. That's pretty cool. I don't know if you're behind. Like, uh, oh, you're behind Truman State, you Northern Iowa, Grand Valley. Springfield of Illinois. He's number six. Uh, right here, Nebraska Kearney. We're coming. That's, we're coming for you, Nebraska Kearney. 
feel like that's an insult to be behind right, right behind <laughs> Nebraska. Any Nebraska school you're behind, that's terrible. But who's number one on this? Truman State University uh, in Kirksville, Missouri. Um, yeah, that's kind of a weird list to be number I feel like you guys could pull number number one in this ranking. Um, anyway, so I talked to Joe Gao about that, and I this was this was some of our conversation um, in in terms of just get, you know where where and how UW Lacrosse has gotten to these rankings. Now, the political science professor, Dr. Anthony Jagoski, I have him on my show every Friday. Your ranking probably would be higher if he were a better professor, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's an outstanding professor. I think he's one of the reasons we are ranked so high. All right. You don't want to give him any grief? Can you think of something wrong with the political science department that we can give him some grief about? We have a great tradition in political science, I will tell you. And we have longtime faculty who retire, and then we have newer people who come in and take the baton, so to speak, and, and keep things going strong. So we're very proud of that political science program. The first time ever a political science department has been used it with an analogy of taking the baton in a track, <laughs> some kind of track sense. We've integrated sports and political science. Only at UWL would we do this. Rick, I need that clip, and I need to put it in my tenure file. <laughs> it's just a, you, when you when you give out your resume, yeah. hopefully it's just electronic, and then you could just at the top, just hit play here, hit play on this. <laughs> this is our... I mean, Joe Gall is just not having any fun with me there. I mean, have a little fun, Joe. Come on. I mean, after all that Chancellor Gao has had to deal with over the last year and a half, like, can you imagine being a college president or a chancellor and dealing with the last year and a half of COVID? I, I just can't even fathom it, Rick. I mean, take that and then on top of the uh, the porn star scandal that he had to go through, too. So, <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line if you want to get in here. UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Tregoski is in here. Uh, I think he's a, a, a Wisconsin Badger and a North Carolina Tar Heel, right? Are you a Badger? A Minnesota Gopher. Oh, Gopher, that's right. I, I'm Sorry. deeply offended, by the way, that you <laughs> made that mistake. Well, I was, I was thinking like UWL, University of Wisconsin system... And then I just went to the Badgers. Also, speaking of that, Tommy Thompson's water. I did this yesterday. He's, to start water, the show. he's 79 and he's water skiing. Do we have any updates? I didn't look today. Do we have any updates on like. He's doing fine. Well, we want to know how that bleep he hurt himself water skiing because I, I brought it up. Did he was he pulling himself out of the water because he's a big dude. And he just tore his bicep because of just trying to get up. Did he fall? Because you would think, oh, he must have fell. And I don't think he fell. And I don't think you fall and tear your bicep unless you get your arm hooked in the triangle that you hold, that, the handle, the, the ski rope. So no updates, though, we want. No update. I mean, apparently the surgery was successful and he's going to be back at work next week. So I did this Joe Gao thing for you. Now, can you call Joe Gao, tell him to set up a one-on-one -on -one with me and Tommy Thompson and talk? And so we can talk just about the skiing thing, and that's the only thing I want to talk about. Uh, See I, if Joe Gao can get, get – do you have any pull with Joe Gao now? I think he should be – You know, I, 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 I'll try, but I am as curious as you are, Rick, about 79-year-old Tommy Thompson water skiing. Like, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and when I was talking about this, too, yesterday, so I don't – I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to politics when Tommy Thompson was governor. I don't know. Do, do you have any reference to – because he's the longest tenure governor in yeah. Wisconsin. 
He's the UW system president. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of controversy with act, uh, like appointing him to that interim position. I don't know if Go- Governor Evers doesn't have anything to say when, when it comes to that, right? No. But he didn't say have anything to say because of that either. He didn't say, no, we can't have Tommy Thompson. He's a Republican in here doing that. They've, they've been together on things like that. Was there any contention with Tommy Thompson, a Republican running UW system? Yeah, so there was a botched search for a permanent UW system president. And in the wake of that botched search, we had to look for someone who could fill the role on an interim basis. And Tommy Thompson emerged as the person that everyone could agree on, which seems impossible. Well, it doesn't make any sense. He's a Republican. We can't agree on that. (laughs) But he comes to town. He's like one of the most upbeat guys. I mean, if if all politicians kind of did it like Tommy Thompson and you you didn't know if they were Republican. I mean, Tommy Thompson has criticized the UW system in terms of like the extraordinary building costs and stuff like that. He's Mm -hmm. brought that to the attention, which is probably down the Republican road a little bit. But I would say I agree with him there. Like we could Mm -hmm. look into some of that stuff. But honestly, like I didn't think anything about Tommy Thompson. I just remember, oh, he was a governor. And in my head, I was like, he must be a Democrat because a UW system and B, governor t- is is a Democrat. Tony Evers is a Democrat. And then I start to, I'm like, really? And this guy was the longest tenure governor? And I'm like, he sure doesn't act Republican. But maybe if he wasn't the UW system president, he'd be on Facebook yelling at uh, how, uh, the liberal leftist agenda. That's just not his style, Rick. I, wh- I love listening to Tommy Thompson because he reminds me of a much better era of politics where, you know, yeah, he had his ideology. He had his beliefs, but he was willing to work with the other side in good faith. He wanted to hear everyone's ideas. He really values civility and he's just a nice guy and he means well, even when you don't agree with him. So we're just tremendously fortunate to have him as the UW system president, like maybe literally the one person in the state who everyone can be more or less happy with in this just crazy messed up Agent politics. Do you think what happened here is Tommy Thompson's bouncing around all these college campuses, hanging out with all the 18 to 22 year olds, feeling his youth. He's such an upbeat guy. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to go water skiing. <laughs> he's like, I'm at Lake Delton. I don't know where he went water skiing and got hurt, but like maybe he's just, uh, he's at, he's at, he's in Madison. I'm going to go water skiing today because he's feeling his youth because he's, he's doing all these, uh, you know, whatever PR campaigns at each of the UW schools to get the vaccine rates up. Um, and then, yeah, now tragedy's got a bicep surgery. Hey, you know, when he was here at UW-Lacrosse and was touting the vaccination efforts here and the $100 that students could receive for getting a vaccine, he did note that 100 bucks can buy a fair amount of beer on 3rd Street. <laughs> can it? Yeah, I guess it can. Probably uh, you can get, I think there's a, a place, a couple of places that just are $2 shots. So yeah. Not even just beer. You could just, you just get loaded up on shots. So think about it like that. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. He probably uh, did that, and he, maybe he's doing that now. He's rekindling his youth as a seventy nine year old. Would not shock me. Probably had a couple of beers and then decided to go water skiing. <laughs> I, I really need the one on one interview with Tommy Thompson just to get to the bottom of this. But yeah, I thought you know, you know, why would he be the longest tenure governor? Well, you could see the way he, you know, his charisma at at these places. Uh, what a, his job? He's got it's it's such a I don't know if it's a cake job, but it seems he seems like he's having a lot of fun. Yep. Um, there's no way in it's like because he could, right? Don't you think he could go? You know what? I'm going to run for governor. 
Oh. Don't you think he would he would shoot past Clayfish as the number one Republican candidate and maybe be like a serious contender despite the uh, water skiing accident? <laughs> just, uh, I mean, that's the thing, Rick. With the Republicans, there's this internal conversation about if Rebecca Clayfish should basically be given the nomination for governor or if she should face a serious competition. Now, obviously at age 79, I don't think Tommy Thompson is going to be that person. No, you can't say that. Look at the president, man. Look who's running the show. Look at the presidents. The last two presidents have been. But I I just have endless respect for Tommy Thompson and just endless admiration for him. Why can't. Why can't Republicans look at what he's doing, especially in the state, and go, oh, you know what? That's we should be we should mirror how I mean, it's it takes a little bit of work to be that kind of guy, though. I know I have some friends. You might be one of these. I don't hang out with you a lot because we just don't hang out. You might be one of these. That's like an uber positive person. I have a couple of, of friends that are just like, oh, my God, how are you so positive? I feel like at some point some of these friends, not you per se, but. Um, when I worked at the newspaper, I'm like, man, you're going to go postal someday because I, <laughs> I'm, I'm writing a deadline. I've got like three minutes to finish my story. And then I send him something that's not quite the size that he's, oh, thanks for getting the story, Rick. I really appreciate it. I'm like, that story is like four inches too long. You're not going to be able to put it on the page. You're going to come over here and shoot me, aren't you? <laughs> like, but he's so like, I have these friends that are so positive And that seems like Tommy. He's the kind of guy who you would have a debate with over policy and then go out and have a beer with and have a great time and be great friends. Yeah, and his Facebook page, it was funny. That's how he kind of announced that he got in a water skiing accident <laughs> on his Facebook page. But uh, it's it's not going to be filled with, you know, the the, the, the Dems, the Democrat doing this and you know, you know, Republicans are doing, you know, it's just, uh, and maybe it would be interesting to see if he wasn't this person, uh, if he was back in the more of a political side, how he would, right. how he would, you know, act. But I don't know if he, I don't, I just don't see it in him. I don't, but he's old school, right? He's old school in the sense that he's a consensus builder, which has gone out of style in politics. Um. Let's see, Fred here. While you two are having a love fest over Tommy Thompson, how about talk about the medical freedom for individuals in hospitals? No, it's Friday. I don't want to talk about the medical freedom for individuals in hospitals. We're having a love fest for a Republican, and now Fred, love fest Fred, for Tommy Thompson. And, and Fred is mad. Fred is mad about it. Come on, man. Um, all right, let's let's do this. I, I think I think this is Dave calling in. Dave, Dave, you're gonna try to get deep on us here, but ch- please just keep it light. Don't try to get too deep here, but what do you got? All right. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. He held that whole time, and that was it. Um, all right. So, I, I, you know, we we can dive more into politics here in a little bit. We got we got about two minutes here, Chagoski, before we go to break. But some of the – I had Sarah Gadlewski on yep. the other day uh, running for Senate. She's the state treasurer. One of the first things – I asked her, "Was what the bleep is a state treasurer do anyway?" It's a, first of all, is, is, it's another one of these weird things that's an elected position. Is it weird that that's elected or not? It's it's not weird that it was an elected position. There was actually a pretty interesting conversation about this recently. If we should just get rid of the position, and I think she mentioned that in your interview yep. by a vote held a couple years ago, I think the voters decided to keep the. I position. think she said sixty three percent of the vote said yeah. to keep the position or something like that. Where and, and that was in, that wasn't even that long ago. I could be mixing no, up two different. It things was pretty she was recent. 2018 yeah. does it sound right she yep. said like over 60 percent said yeah we gotta and, and that was weird because nobody agrees to a 63 percent margin on, on anything in the state anymore so um 
but yeah, and then she kind of clued me in on some of the stuff, uh, checks and balances a lot. Uh, you know, making sure the government isn't doing all the things that we pretend the government does all the time, which is shady bleep that we don't, you know, stealing, stealing our money, essentially. I think why the campaign succeeded was because it was talked about in that way, Rick. It wasn't talked about in ideological terms. It was talked about in terms of, hey, we need checks and balances. We need good government. And this is a position that can potentially help accomplish those things. And so it wasn't surprising to me, given the way that the campaign unfolded, that it just got overwhelming support. Do do we see any, like, <laughs> this is another conversation where we're, hey, look at we're running a campaign. It's down the middle. Uh, Tommy Thompson's not running a campaign, but he's doing this stuff down the middle, too. Uh, it seems like it could be a, this is a good trend we should have. But when Rebecca Clayfish announces her run for governor and she has what's called like the, what is it the 1848 project, uh, she's going far right there. Me and William Garcia, the Lacrosse County Democratic Party chair, talked about that. But she's going all in on on far right. Well, we can get into that in a in a little bit. But just the idea that. You got to win a statewide race, but you also have to win a primary. So how do you balance those two things? It's the core. It's the core dilemma for candidates. You have to win the primary election, which means appealing to the base of your party. But in doing so, you can't go too far and alienate the general election voters. And I think that's what a lot of Democrats are kind of hoping that Rebecca Clayfish will do here, or at least they're hoping that she continues on that track. You can kind of see Democrats previewing their line of attack against Rebecca Clayfish, saying that she's extreme. She's just going too far to one side of the ideological spectrum. She's just out of step with Wisconsin. So I think this will be a preview of the Democratic Party's line of attack against her. And and frankly, she's kind of playing into it, like you said, Rick, by focusing on those really key issues to the re- Republican base. Yeah, I mean, if this is if there's a time to go all in on as far right as you can, now might be the time. But I feel like there's some people that are in the Republican party that aren't on that. Like, you know what? That's just like, you're going off the deep end there, but we, we can get into that in a minute. Uh, Rick Solom's got to do new, the news. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to lacrosse talk PM 608, 785, 7914. Sorry. I lied. That wasn't Rick Solom doing the news. It was Fake a, news. Rick Solom is old, lying about who's going to do the news. Was this old broadcast could be user error. I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame the technical side of things and say that my newscast that I recorded before the show, right before the show, didn't update. Um, but part of that newscast that we didn't hear that I recorded that I wanted to kind of have cue into the show here is a, a story we got on WisdomNews.com. I, I talked to Lacrosse County Clerk Ginny Dinkmeyer. Uh, we're doing another election investigation into the 2020 election. Uh, the one that this one is going to cost taxpayers at least. $670,000 or $680,000. Uh, that's the budget. Um, oh, it looks like I spelled wisdom wrong in the story. Good job, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Typing fast. Um, spell check. How do you not catch that one? Um, I, should, I should go and change Ewsum. that. I'm going to go change that right now. Um, IWZM. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, the, well, the, the funny thing that it's all kind of funny to me and it's, and I, the, the words frustrated, annoyed, and perplexed are the, the things I kind of i am just gathering from just talking, the, the, her tone, Ginny Dinkmeyer's tone, the cl- county clerk. Um, 
the the best the best thing that she said that I've I've said a couple of times too is we've already had elections. So do we have to go back to the 2020 election? Well, we've elected a mayor. We've elected what else have we? What did we elect uh, during that, that state superintendent of education? Did we elect a supreme? No, we didn't do a supreme court no. judge at that time. But uh, yeah, so we had a statewide election. We have elected other people into the government. We didn't review that election. Although I did have one caller at one at, at one time during before the mayor's race wonder if her vote was going to get counted, uh, you know, because of the voting <laughs> machines. And and Jenny did bring up that too. She brought up the voting machines aren't even connected to a modem here. But it sounds like I broke news. The voting machines will be connected to a modem soon. So when China wants to hack into the Lacrosse County elections, they will be able to soon. Sweet. Um, I don't know. What was your take from from hearing and seeing uh, what Dankmeyer had to say about the the election investigation? I totally understand her frustration. And I was reading WizPolitics.com and J.R. Ross, who's one of the more plugged in people in Wisconsin politics, and Jr. said the word around Madison is that this investigation is amateur hour, this investigation that's being run by Mike Gableman. And you referenced the uh, frustration from Ginny Dankmeyer. This is just unprofessional, what's being done by the Gableman crew, to have requests for election materials come from a Gmail account, and someone named John Delta, which sounds like a character in like a Tom Clancy novel. John Delta, who you don't know who he is. I think you're just doing that because it's Delta, and we're doing Delta, <laughs> Delta, bra- Delta, Swarm, Bravo, Bravo team, go. You're just doing that. That's why. I mean, we could say it's a geography term, right? John Delta, yeah. the Delta. I don't know. It's been a while since I thought about a Delta and geography term. This is random. But it's not even just Gmail John Delta. D- Michael Gableman signed it. It comes from John Delta's Gmail account. And then uh, Andrew Klosner is apparently the author when you get into the PDF that actually. <laughs> and, uh, you know, man, we, we talk about unsecure emails and sending things over email accounts. Should we uh, lock these people up? I think we should lock them up. I don't know. <laughs> it's amateur hour. And that's the word of the day around Wisconsin politics to describe this, to have a private email address, a Gmail address being used to request sensitive data or the preservation of sensitive data from these election clerks, these local clerks. And Rick, the story mentions that many clerks thought it was a scam or a hoax or a security risk. I certainly would have thought so if I was an election clerk and I'm getting a random email from a Gmail account and someone named John Delta and it's telling me to do stuff with my election data. I would have thought it was a scam. I read this story in upnorthnews.com, upnorthnewswi.com and it's from the day it's a quote from the Dane County clerk uh, Scott McDonald, and he said, Gableman really has no idea what he's talking about. I think he should spend less time with the MyPillow guy and more time with the election professionals from Wisconsin. And Dagmeyer said this, alluded to this a little bit. She's just like, I don't, I don't know if they know how elections work. Like, you might know better than I, but myself, like, she's explaining things to me, and I'm like, thanks, Jenny. Like, thanks, Jenny, for trying to explain these things to me, but, like, you got it. And I don't, I'm not going to comprehend. But this Dane County clerk also said, we know that there are active hostile foreign nations trying to hack our elections. 
and this bozo is asking us to send router logs over his Gmail account. Yeah, it's totally absurd, and it is completely justified by local election clerks to be deeply alarmed by this. The security concerns and the fact that many of them apparently didn't even receive the email. So it's just a big mess right now. And I just, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in Mike Gableman. Yeah. When we, when we hire somebody to do an election investigation, we probably should hire somebody that's an expert in how election security works, not just Oh, Supreme Court justice. Like, hey, he's got a cool credential. Wow, that's cool. You used to be a Wisconsin Supreme Court justice. That brings a lot of, like, what, notoriety to the, to whatever you're going to do. Like, you walk into any job, you're like, I'm a Supreme Court justice. Give me the job, right? Uh, But dude doesn't know how elections work. Like, he doesn't know all this stuff. When Jenny's trying to explain this stuff to me, and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to take it in. But it's also, like, A, really boring, and B, pretty technical. So it's just, like... The, the checks and balances for all this and, and uh, canvassing and all that. And by the way, Rick, the technical nature of it is what allows conspiracy theories to flourish because the way that elections are run, election administration, like Jenny was talking about, is so technical that it's difficult to fact check every false claim that comes out because of the complex nature of the topic. Plus, you can find things that seem suspicious, even if they're really not, just because of the technical details and the complexity of it. So it really is the complexity of the topic that allows conspiracy theories to, to flourish on this topic. I asked her, I did ask her kind of right at the end of, end of the interview, you know, hey, what's, do you know what a forensic, I, I still don't think anyone knows what a forensic audit is. People could pretend to know, but like, I don't, I think it's just a fun term to use and it doesn't actually mean anything. But uh, she had this to say about that. I do not. And they talk about this metadata and we're not even sure what that is. So there's just a lot of misinformation out there right now that people are just grasping onto and they're running with it. And I'm not even sure if some of the people that are running with it knows what it means. Boom. She gets them without actually getting the Michael Gableman. She kind of gets them right there because Hey, you guys are running this investigation, an investigation we've already had, and then we've already hand-counted the ballots. We had uh, what, the, the mayor of the north side, uh, I forget, uh, what, what's his name? Ke- uh, Kent. 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 Kent, the Kent. mayor of the north side. Mayor of the north side at Kent. His headquarters Kent. at the abandoned Burger King. <laughs> yes. Kent, uh, <laughs> he, he had called in once, you know, and he asked, hey, why, why, why have these machines? We should just have paper ballots. I'm like, Kent, we have paper ballots. Like, we, like you... You, you vote, dude, right? Like you, you get either you get it in the mail, or you go get it, and then you put it in the machine. But they've counted those. So she talked about how they've counted 10,000 ballots. Anyway, I wanted to bring this up to uh, in Thailand, taxis are putting gardens on the tops of their cars, uh, rooftop gardens on their taxi cabs. I just wanted to bring that up just so you know. That's where we are. Good in this information. Dy- that's where we are in a dystopian world right now. We're putting <laughs> rooftop gardens on pink taxis in Thailand to bring awareness to, I don't, I'm not sure what, climate change maybe? Um, all right, moving on. Senate race. I had Sarah Godlewski on here the other day. Yep. She's another person that seemed pretty upbeat, pretty positive. Right. Um, interesting. I've, I've reached out to Mandela Barnes. Uh, they don't even email me back. I don't know. They're big time in me because you said to me, uh, Mandela Barnes has such a lead 
in the Democratic primary for Senate that he probably doesn't have to cater to. You to the little, Rick Solems of the world? He doesn't need to talk to little lacrosse <laughs> and, and get our vote over here because I feel like at some point you're going to have a statewide race. At so. some point he's going to have to really appeal to this region. But Rick, you're right. It does look like he has a considerable advantage in the race for the Democratic nomination for U.S. Senate. Uh, Mandela Barnes was the subject of a much talked about and much shared around social media. Milwaukee Journal Sentinel article today about how during the 2018 year when he was running for lieutenant governor, he was on Badger Care and also didn't file income taxes. And, you know, it's something that when you read the headline, it seems like a scandal, like, oh, my goodness, he didn't file income taxes. Well, right away you think, OK, he, he didn't file income taxes, so he, he lied about his income. And then he jumped on Badger Care because he, you know what, he, he finagled the system to get on some kind of health insurance plan where he didn't have it. Or he was super poor in 2018, maybe. Right. That's where I went. I was a wow. Did he even have a job? Yeah, apparently he was just living off of his savings while he was running for lieutenant governor, and that's why he didn't file income taxes. So, again, a great example of how you really do need to read below the headline. You can't just go with the headline and be outraged. You have to dig into the story. You know, and, and he did face some heat from some of his competitors for not filing income taxes, but there was nothing illegal about what he did. I mean, you can talk about the you know what it means that he didn't file income taxes but he didn't break the law and as far as being on badger care again you know he was eligible to be on badger care we can talk about if it was appropriate or not we can talk about badger care expansion we, we can talk about all a should be on badger care every bleeping one of us um ryan texts in Trigoski, that was the perfect opportunity to ask rick what the capital of thailand was well, <laughs> just to get me because I won't know. What is it? I have no idea. Thailand? Uh, Bangkok. Ah, <laughs> never mind. I've got it. Uh, good one. Is that the capital? Probably, right? Probably. If Ryan's doing that. Ryan's a very mature person texting the show. Uh, uh, somebody else, Bruce, texted in and he said, uh, you were, we were talking about Tommy Thompson being uh, you know, kind of this guy that everyone falls in love with a little bit as we were doing uh, what Fred said, uh, a love fest over him. Um Bruce texted in and said, you're very likable. This is a weird crowd today. They're giving you compliments. It's probably from the Joe Gow. I started this off with Joe Gow compliments. Um, yeah, okay, so Mandela Barnes running for Senate. We've got also uh, another billionaire running for Senate, right? Or is right Alex Lazary yep. uh, running for what will be, will or will is Ron Johnson's seat. I don't know if it will be later. Um and then Sarah Godlewski, who yep. was just on the show, she's not all that poor either, huh? She's a millionaire. Okay. And there was controversy about her income taxes as well. Most notably that for a couple of years she didn't file income taxes or paid very little in taxes, I should say. But it's because we don't tax wealth, we tax income. She's wealthy and just wasn't earning a high income for these particular years. Well, that's kind of like the the Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon. I don't know even want to he's not the CEO anymore, so I don't know what you would call him, but I think his salary is like sixty grand, but when you pay yourself an Amazon stock, that's not exactly income, but it's kind of at some point will he have to cash out of his Amazon stock too, and then be taxed on that stuff? You ever? It's it's always kind of you know when we talk about too like Amazon doesn't pay taxes, Netflix doesn't pay taxes. I feel like there's a little bit more to that than just Netflix doesn't pay taxes. 
Like we, there's probably a little bit deeper side, but it would be nice if, uh, and this was the argument for having Donald Trump as president or a billionaire, Alex Lazary, who's running for Senate here, or Sarah Godlewski, who's a millionaire. You just said, um, these people are so rich. They know how to game the system. Therefore, if they're in part of the system, they can change the system with from within because they know they knew all the rules on how to game the system. That was core to Donald Trump's campaign when he was running for the Republican nomination and then running for the presidency in 2015 and 2016. I mean, one part, big part of his appeal was that he had gamed the system as a very wealthy person. He knew how the system worked, so he had unique insight into how to fix it. You know, he had been he he had experience with the swamp, so to speak. And I, I honestly, Rick, I think that had a real effect on drawing people to him. The the problem with that, and it's a great it's a great way to run a campaign. Yeah. Whether and Sarah's not doing that. Godlewski, I don't think right. is doing that. Lazarus not doing it that way. But uh, those people aren't. They don't know anything about gaming the system per se. Maybe Sarah because she's this treasurer. Um, they know how to hire people that know how to game the system. They can. They have so much money that they could just hire whoever they want to, hey, can you do my taxes and get me out of all the taxes that I possibly can get out of because, you know, you have enough money. You and I can't really do that. Also, not as much money to play with uh, to game the system. Slightly, le- slightly less among I'm, you and I. I'm going to pay someone $1,500 <laughs> to game the system so that I can get out of $28 of taxes. That's what's going to happen there. Uh, number three is calling in. And number three, you're on the air. Go ahead. You two dudes are really talking things all over the country. You lost me a couple of times. Well, that's you got to keep up. I mean, how many margaritas have you had already? I, I don't drink margaritas. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, I always make that joke. I keep forgetting that you don't drink anymore. Right. I had my share when I was young. Anyway, I was wondering, you two educated fellas down there, I was watching Coconut Joe the other day on television, and he let his wife do some talking at a school with a bunch of kids wait, around wait. there. Wait, okay. wait, you know? I'm going to stop you right there. He didn't let his wife do some talking. You can't say it like that. You just, his wife also spoke. Go ahead. Okay, his wife also, also spoke. And as she was talking away, Joe was standing there, and then all of a sudden I heard a ding, 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 a ling, a ding, 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 ding. You got it? Joe took off for the back of the stage. It was an ice cream truck going by, and Joe had to go out and get an ice cream cone. Oh, did it really? Because that would be awesome. That would be totally hilarious in well, a way. Here's to... the thing: I always was taught the president of the United States is supposedly the most powerful man in the world. Now, when a guy hears music from an ice cream truck and takes off for the ice cream truck. What does Putin and these other guys think of something like that? Um, I don't know. Did you ever, like, just look at the last four years? <laughs> just, like, what do they think about any of that? I don't know. Did this really happen? Because it sounds yes, a little Yes, I've seen it on television. I mean, only, don't believe everything you hear read, but on half of what you see. And I believe the half when I heard the music and the jingle, and a few seconds later they had him sitting up, on the curb with a bunch of kids eating an ice cream cone. What a jerk. I mean, unbelievable. What an a-hole, well, right? Trump wouldn't do that. No, he doesn't like I don't think he's lactose intolerant. But, you know, I, I should think, I know you two guys are from the left, and I'm from the right, you know. Well, uh, but I, I can't understand people from the Democratic Party letting a man up there to represent the United States when he says, well, they told me not to talk, 
this answer this questions or any questions, or I can take two questions today. Okay. I mean, it, it it really makes me wonder what this country's coming to. I know if they if we only landed a helicopter in the White House lawn and then had reporters ask Joe Biden questions. I mean, is, is, I mean we have we done any Joe Biden helicopter interviews lately? I don't think so. And by the way, Rick, when he was at the Pearl, should have gone with the cappuccino Oreo. That, yeah, that's absolutely their best flavor. What's funny is that, I mean, it is it, it is the stupidest thing about how the news works is that's like the most popular story from Joe Biden's visit on, in, in promoting infrastructure and going to the South. Like we could talk about, you know, fix the roads and, you know, the bridges and the Internet and health care and all that. But no, we're, we're we are going to just talk about I mean, it's 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 the game, right? It's like you're going to distract with the easiest thing to talk about. Nicki Minaj tweeted today or not today tweeted this week the family show rick Nicki minaj <laughs> tweets this week about how her friend in trinidad took the vaccine and then uh his nether regions got what bloated or uh uh swollen something like that and she was she and then it went it went and here we are talking about it right but it went it, it, anthony fauci had to answer to this uh, every news talk show that i, I guess not don't watch tv news maybe don't and then but it's just like, really, this is where we're placating to Nicki Minaj's Twitter. Like these people have these some of these people just like we, we give them too much attention for how many Twitter followers they have. And by the way, Rick, that was obviously an STD and not the covid vaccine. That was someone who was making a really bad excuse or a really bad alibi for getting an STD. Yeah, it was it was pretty it's pretty out there. I just I, I can't believe that it was something that uh, every TV show had to hit, including Wisdom News and radio shows <laughs> and, and on all the like. All right. We're going to we're going to take one one more break because I got to reset after me bringing up Nicki Minaj. I feel dirty. <laughs> Dr. Anthony Tragoski, UW Lacrosse, political science professor in here. UW Lacrosse, number one in state. Except for Madison. I num- number two behind Madison in vaccination rate among students. Okay, number two in vaccination rate. That means there's uh, at least seven seven thousand dollars scholarships up for grabs. Yeah, yeah. And Eau Claire just hit the seventy percent mark. Uh Madison is number one. Ninety one percent of the students are vaccinated. UW Lacrosse has seventy five. Who's at the bottom of that list? Uh, UW Stevens Point and UW Parkside. Great with- job, Stevens Point. My all- is it an alma mater if it's college? Is it still sure. called an alma mater? Thank you, Stevens Point, where my nephew's going and who I'm, uh, who I was talking to. Uh, I was like, hey, you get a free, you get a hundred dollars and a possible seven thousand dollars scholarship if you get get on this. Yeah. And he's like, I got to go to Summerfest, and I'm like, mm, maybe before you go to Summerfest, hundred bucks could come in handy at Summerfest. Yeah, ask Tommy Thompson how many beers is he going to have at <laughs> Summerfest. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, you you looked up the so first of all, number three, just he he he, I, I got a text that said he he did this on Hayes' show in the morning too. So he's just doing old news, uh, yeah. With his Joe Biden went to get ice cream. What is it? Was this a, like a joke, a stunt? Yeah, yeah. There was there was for some reason, and I just watched the video really quickly. because the Secret Service didn't like somebody with an ice cream truck got by secret service to get behind Jill and Joe Biden speaking at something like public engagement up on stage. And then the stealthy bing, ding, ding, as the, uh, ice cream truck gets through. Yeah. It was pretty clearly staged as like a gag. Right. And, oh, and number three is, is right to, to some degree that's, it's kind of goofy. 
It's, yeah. It distracts. It's silly. It's it, not quote unquote presidential. Right. But it's the, the, the funniest thing to ever do is to say that. That is the most unpresidential thing to do. He can't do that. How do our world leaders look at us? Because Joe Biden made it a like staged a joke where he's going to go get ice cream while his wife talks on stage after four years of whatever the the H Donald Trump was doing. Um, even if you just want to do toilet talk and shower head talk, I mean, like or cow porta potty talk. Well, cow porta potty <laughs> talk is what we do here on Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to go wisdomnews.com. Top the newest story up there: Noble scientists potty train cows to use the mulu, and they're only they've only trained them so far to go number one. But the next step is to train cows to go number two. I've been in my fair share of barns when the cows are in their stalls; they're doing number two in the stalls. In the stalls, there's a little, there's a little. I can't think of what it's called. It's just a ditch in there. It's not a ditch. It's made of cement, so uh, that's where the poop goes, and then it gets pushed into the thing, and then it gets pushed into the big bin, and then it gets put on your fields, and then later you eat it through uh, manure. Yeah, well, new frontiers in cow waste. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, we did. We I feel like we kind of left everyone hanging with the Senate talk, and we've got only got a minute here. But um, we have we didn't get to the point. I think is Godlewski's running for Senate millionaire. Alex Lazary's running for Senate billionaire. There's nine other people, at least nine other people, running for Senate, and it's not fair that we don't say all their names and give all their histories. But Mandela Barnes. Talking about this is a this is an interesting ploy by Mandela Barnes. Hey, I was on well, I don't know if he was on unemployment, but he was on Badger Care, so poor people's health care essentially in the state, right? In in one degree or another, if you want to just look at it that way, he didn't have a job and he didn't pay income tax because he didn't have any income. So he's really he could really play the like uh, you know I'm. I'm one of you cards as opposed to I'm this elite class. Yeah, that's why I thought it was weird that the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel was portraying it as this scandalous headline. When in fact, Mandela Barnes, his strategy is to try to turn it into a positive and say, you know, hey, I have experience, you know, pinching pennies. I have experience on badger care. and, And that's a feature of his campaign, or at least his trying to make it a feature of his campaign. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Tchaikovsky usually joins on on Fridays and sometimes once once a week with Hayes, too, or yeah. not? Yeah, All sometimes. Right. That's going to do it. Thanks a lot.